Hi, everyone, and welcome to week three of the Cryptblog podcast. Uh, myself, Shabel Kuri, with my very special co-host, Nash, uh, based up in Darwin. Nash, um, I'm feeling these these weeks are going by even quicker now that we started this podcast. How are you going? Yeah, really, I've been really good. And yeah, as you said, it's already been uh, week three, and we have done some really good uh, guest interviews so far. And Yeah, the guests the, have been I- superb, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've absolutely loved the chats with um, Fatima from Popping Crease, Adam from uh, from UK, and then obviously the We Cricket guys in the first episode as well. So it's been really, it's been really good and really looking forward to what, you know, what future holds for us as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. And how's your long weekend been? Pretty good. Uh, busy with work, but apart work, from that, yeah. Uh, yeah, apart from that, it's been pretty, pretty cruisy. So yeah. uh, luck, I'm lucky I work in cricket, so it's all cricket for me. Perfect. Well, then you're very lucky. It, that's not work. That's living life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To some extent, <laughs> yes. Very nice, man. Very nice. So on this podcast, um, we'll discuss the biggest talking point at the moment is the, the Quinton de Kock-Fakhazaman incident uh, in the second ODI. Uh, we'll also provide a few quick predictions for IPL 2021. Um, listeners, you can actually check out Crickblog TV on YouTube for uh, previews of each team. Uh, we've got three teams up at the moment at the time of recording on Monday evening. We've got Kings uh, Punjab Kings, uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore and Chennai Super Kings. So be sure to check that out. They'll also be available on Spotify, Google and Apple. Uh, we'll also have a special feature today where we'll talk about um, some of our favorite ever bowlers, uh, you know, growing up and even uh, at the moment. Uh, and then we'll, have, we'll, we'll do a little bit more of an international roundup, including uh, the women's cricket, uh, Australia achieving a world record um, and Ask Crick blog there at the end. And we also have a very, very special interview uh, that you'll hear in this podcast. Uh, I, I had the pleasure of, of talking with Shreya Skopal from Rajasthan Royals ahead of the IPL 2021 season. So we've got a big show lined up. So Nash, let's get cracking. Um, the big talking point, Quinton de Kock. What are your thoughts on it? Look, and I think some of our, some of our listeners also asked a question where is it, is it against the rules? Mm. Um, what he did, is it, is it against the laws of cricket? To be honest, if if you go by the laws, yes, it is against the laws. But I think it's it. I'm just calling it. It, it is a stupid law. To be honest, it doesn't need to be in there. Mm. Why why do you need it? Cricket to be more batsman's game than it, it already is. You know, if if a keeper or a fielder is smart enough to do such a thing, so be it. It it was from from yesterday's um, incident. Let's focus on yesterday's incident. It's it was more. Um, Zaman's fault of not being lazy and and yes he played a brilliant brilliant innings of 193 and at that point he was probably tired he was you know mentally drained and he yeah he he ought to be lazy at that point but um given where the match was given where the situation was he has to be you know more keen in into getting into his crease and not not looking around where the ball is or where his partner is and yeah, there's there's an interesting turn of events from last night because it, it is against the law. If you look at the laws of cricket, law number forty one point five, I think, and it is against the law where um, 
it is unfair for any fielder willfully to attempt by word or action to distract, deceive, or obstruct either batsman after the striker has received the ball. For so me, it, for me, that rule is a bit broad. Obstructing yes. could be a, a range of different things. It could be yeah. what the cock did yesterday, or could be yeah. like physically obstructing the batsman, or whatever it might yeah. have been. I think the key word for me is willfully. Yeah, exactly. Can we be 100% exactly. sure Quinton de Kock 100% meant that? Or was he just telling the but, guys, throw it, to that's, the, throw it to the bowler's end? That, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's where the turn of, that's where the twist comes in. Because um, a couple of hours ago, I saw a tweet from uh, Shamsi, um, yeah. who, who clarified, who clarified what Quinton de Kock was doing. He said, um, Quinton de Kock was not speaking to or pointing at the batsman. He was asking a fielder to back up at the non-striker's end. So it's not Quinton de Kock's fault that Zaman thought he was pointing at the other end yeah. to throw the ball. And that's, that's one clarification. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is the um, obvious distraction yes. that was caused um, I think it's the so word. It's, the word in that dream, rule yeah, is willfully. Yeah. That's the word that but, gets me. It's like, can we be a hundred percent sure that he uh, willfully obstructed the field? And it's this. It was a similar one with Gunathilika from Sri Lanka against West Indies. If you remember that um, incident with Karan Pollard in the ODIs, where he was trying to get back into his crease, he accidentally kicked the ball, and they gave him out. Yeah. And yeah. it's willfully. You have to be one hundred percent certain that the, the yeah. fielder, um, you know meant to obstruct the field so that's, that's cricket the one is, cricket is all gray isn't it it's never black and white it's all gray and it's australia uh, if it's australia everyone every other fan in the world would say that was on purpose <laughs> yeah, yeah and if, it, if it was if it was an indian batsman if it was virat kohli everyone oh. would be saying quinton de cox in the wrong so <laughs> yeah. um it, uh, no, i mean not, obviously not ban him from virat the ipl uh, yeah. yeah and it, it's 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 a uh, it, it's an it's an honest mistake from it's not even a mistake it's nothing it's, it just comes it comes down to perspective people have different yeah, exactly. perspectives the way they see it. that's exactly. why because you've got all these different perspectives and you don't yeah. know what Quinton meant can you can you say that he willfully and did it it was more so um the laugh after that the way he laughed at the bats it, did, it did not make him look good either that's very nah, true. That, that tipped the opinions in, mm. in the at the basket. Fair so point. I think that that was that was the point where everyone went, ah, oh, okay, maybe he did did mean it, you know, to try and distract the batsman. Yes. But um, nothing, absolutely nothing, taking being taken away from Fakhar Zaman here. I mean, absolutely brilliant innings. You know, the way he brought Pakistan back into the game, chasing three hundred and forty odd, um, absolutely brilliant. And I think. Um, you know, scoring 193 in a losing cause, I mean, it has to hurt, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. matter how you're I'm trying getting to remember. Matter, I'm trying to know. remember the last time someone scored that many runs and lost. The I think one it was name, the one name, no, what did he score? He scored, I think, 176 or something. I think the one, the one name that comes to mind is Charles Coventry of Zimbabwe. In, I think yeah. it was 08 or 09 against Bangladesh. He scored 194 and they lost. But they did win. No, no, they lost the game. Oh, um, okay. Yep, I'm sure because Tammy Mikbal scored a big score in that game too. But 194, yeah, they okay. lost. I tweeted today. I said Pakistan's the only team you can have a, a, a player hit 193 in a chase of 340 yeah. odd, and you lose. But, but that's that's Pakistan for you, isn't it? I mean, it's incredible. As, like, as, you, yeah, South Africa had as no great centurion. As they have South Africa had no centurion, but you had contributors right the way down. But but speaking of Fakir Zaman, that was a superb knock, and he's. 
He's been sort of up and down since his magnificent start in international cricket four years ago. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really hit the heights since that Zimbabwe tour of 2017 or 2018, it might have been. And, you know, he's been even in and out of the Pakistan side at times. But to see him perform like that is fantastic and just gives Pakistan another edge. But what we see in this series, both sides, they they look like they're going to win easily and then yep. they almost let it slip at the end. So that's but an area that, for improvement for both these sides. That's South Africa and Pakistan, for, mm. isn't it? Yeah. For, for many, many years. And they've I got mean, to work really how, hard changing do. that. Yeah. But um, but what, yeah. but speaking about the other other team, the South Africa for South African team, there, um, brilliant from Temba Baguma. I mean, getting brilliant to see him score of, well. Yeah, fifty scores, and you know, um, even Quinton de Kock back in form, and David Miller back. I was in really, form. I was really David impressed Miller's with been, Miller and Van der Dussen. He was yeah, or Van der exactly. Dussen is that the right pronunciation? He was superb. He's not known for big hitting, but he really provided some impetus towards the back end of that Absolutely. innings, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And um, what about An- Andrik Nocke? He's been brilliant as well. So what do you yep. think of him? I told you in our Delhi Capitals IPL preview, he's got to be in their team. He's, he's yeah. a good bowler. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's a different topic for this yeah, yeah. Because he, he comes like in the he overseas player. Proper wheels. He had Pakistan batsmen jumping uh, all yeah, over the place definitely. there. So. Um, very handy bowler and he and Rabada off to the IPL now. Um, so it'd be interesting yep. to see how South Africa cope without them, but being, yep. you know, very fascinating finale to the ODI series for sure. Definitely. Unpredictable. And, and um, I think we have to mention um, Barbara Azam's first ODI century as well. I've been brilliant. Knock, yes. Brilliant innings, just, just flu- fluent and elegant batting. I mean, he's Babur Zaman, so, but sorry, Babur Razam, so. Um, class player, class player. The, the disappointing yeah. thing that I always see is like, oh, he's a lot better than Coley. The Coley comparisons come out. Let's just appreciate the players. Exactly, exactly. And people forget what Virat Coley did in South Africa a few years ago. He scored how many runs in that ODI series? In, uh, in the six matches, scored about 500-something runs. He yeah, dominated. I think he was unstoppable. He was yeah. unstoppable. So both of them have done well in the country. Let's appreciate them both, I guess. So. And I think I think it's it, it goes for everyone and everything right now where uh, just appreciate the players that we have and that, that <laughs> appreciate the players that we can watch in international cricket because um, y- you have th- these lot of players, Steve Smith, Joe Root, Kane Williamson, uh, even someone like Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, um, Rohit, you know, Sharma, Rohit Sharma versus Virat Kohli is the biggest war on Twitter. I can't believe it. I never it. understand that. I never they, understand they both that. play for the same team. Yeah, it's the same thing with exactly. the World Cup 2011 final, Gambi versus Dhoni. They're both uh, magnificent innings, both of them. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So it is what it is, I guess. That's that's how but, it, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's, that's how it social is. media for you. Coming back to Quinton de Cox thing. Um, yeah. I, I just want to state that I'm all for such kind of things in cricket where I'm also all for monk cutting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If if it's in the if it's in the laws that it can happen, then then do it. And go, having said that, there is a law against such a thing, uh, what Quinton de Kock did yesterday. And absolutely he should have been fine. But uh, I don't if it's in the law, it, he should have been fine. But that law is stupid, is what I think as well. So that law should not be there um, in the first place because it's it's just uh, you know players trying to be as you know smart and 
you know, outfox the other teams. It's just that the law, the law is quite broad and what Quinton did sort of falls into that category because as I mentioned earlier, the law will take into consideration a whole different range of ways that a a fielder can obstruct the batsman True. or the other way around. So yeah. yeah, one for thought. I mean, our listeners, but yeah, feel free to sort of you know connect with us on on Twitter and Instagram and let us know your thoughts at Quick Blog Pod. Um, we'd love to to hear your thoughts. Like we provided our insights. It's like, can we be one hundred percent sure he he meant it? Maybe the laugh afterwards suggested he did, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. Um, but a very interesting point of discussion, nonetheless, and it would be an interesting rest of the series for sure. Definitely. Um, Moving on, so IPL 2021 kicks off later this week. A um, few issues with COVID. They've did yes. Paddy Carl and now Aksha Patel um, and I think some staff at the Wankedi Stadium as well. Yeah, um, yeah testing positive to COVID-19. Been, there, has been new, there has been new lockdowns in, the, in Mumbai as well. Um, but yeah. authorities have, have said that it won't affect you know, teams traveling and yeah, so it's going to be a, a, a big challenge to get this this yeah. tournament up and running and making sure that it runs smoothly as it did in the UAE last year. So yeah, um, this close out from the tournament, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but what we thought we'd do on this podcast is is provide you with some of our key predictions. Uh, as I mentioned at the start, you can check out our team by team preview on our YouTube channel and also on audio. Um, but what we what I thought we might do here today, Nash, is we'll discuss who we think would win the orange cap, purple cap, what our final four will be. Um, I know we've got some key differences there, so it'll be um, nice and interesting. So your pick for orange cap and why? Uh, Orange cap, I think I'm going with David Warner this time. Um, Me too. You know. Yes. uh, (laughs) We agree Um, on something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, let's be honest. He's, He's a veteran of cricket now even though he's just 30 he's he knows what he's doing um he has he he, he's just that kind of a player who you know ipl just brings the best out of him so one of the um, ipl's greatest yeah yeah exactly he will enjoy he's i think in in the top five run getter in ipl so um i'm i'm backing david warner to get get the orange cap this time and um to be uh, the reason for that is as well i don't see anyone close to him um, yes, there is Surya Kumar Yadav, there is Rohit Sharma, there is Ishan Kishan, but I think Rohit Sharma hasn't had a season where he has scored more than 500 runs. I can't remember, um, you know, the last mm. time he scored more than 500 or 600 runs in IPL. So, and Ishan Kishan last year was a, you know, groundbreaking season for him. Yeah. But again, going with David Warner is the safest option, I think. Um, what about you? David Warner? David or... Warner for me, but I'll disagree with your point that he'll do it easily. I don't know if he'll do it easily because there's contenders like, I think, K.O. Rahul, even though his form yes. in T20s wasn't great, he's always in the conversation. He's the, yep. the reigning uh, orange cap holder. Um, it'll be interesting to see his approach, you know, how he yep. performs this season. Is he going to look to score a little bit quicker than he has? Um, I think there are a few little other contenders there as well uh, around the tournament. Um, I think Virat Kohli. Well, I... Yes, if, I if think he Virat opens, Kohli will be close. Yeah. Especially if he opens for RCB, which is there's a good chance of that happening. Um, he'll, be, he'll be right up there as well as a contender for the Orange Cap. Um, here's, a, here's a question for you. Do you think Virat Kohli's record of 973 runs in one season will, be, will ever be broken? Anything's possible, but that's going to be very hard. I, I, I mean, that's almost yeah. a thousand runs in, yeah. in one 
in 14 matches. You never know what can you, you never know what can happen. Someone can go crazy and have an amazing season, but I yeah, I wouldn't bet true. on it happening this season. That's for sure. That is an yeah. incredible year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, moving on to the purple cap now. Um, so uh, let's let's lock in. Firstly, let's lock in the orange cap. We both think David Warner. Yeah. Um, and now moving on to the orange cap. Uh, sorry, purple cap. Who, who's your pick for the purple cap? My pick's KG Rabada again. Um, yep. Superb IPL record, and he bowls in the in the crunch stages, and he does that very well. He's a big wicket taker in the death overs, and I think that's what holds him in good stead when it comes to the purple cap. Um, I like him again. He's just, yeah, he's, he's the kind of bowler that embraces bowling in the crunch periods, whether it's the power play or the yeah. death. What do you I think? think that, that's, I think we agree on that. I think it's going to be Rabada as well, but yeah. closely followed by Boomra, obviously. Mm. Um, last year, I think they were only separated by three wickets, I think three or two wickets. So I think it, it will be again the same this yeah. year. So um, it'll be really close, but I'm going for Rabada as well. Which spinner do you think could, could come close? Um, I, I really hope, this is not me predicting, I hope... Shahal finds form. Yeah, that's the man and, I, that came to my yeah. mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, obviously we can't, we can't, you know, we can't not talk about Rashid Khan as well. I mean, he'll, he'll be absolutely there, yes. But, but he's a different class altogether. Like you, you can't, you know, he, how, how much will you speak about him? Expect, he, expect Rashid of, Khan to be top five. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and he can be close as well for the, uh, for the purple for sure. with Rabada and Bumrah. So Chahal, Rashid from, Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from him, I think I really hope Chahal finds form this season. And then, um, yeah, I think the best uh, option after that is, um, I, I want to say even someone like Chakravarti might surprise us, um, for KKR or yeah. you never know. Sunil Narayan might spin a web. So, um, yeah, it's just it, I, with these predictions, it's always difficult. But I think yeah. Robada is my pick this time. Yeah, same here. Now to get interesting, uh, our yep. playoffs spots. Um, would you like to start with yours? Uh, yeah, you've okay. All right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll I'll start. Um, all right, I've 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 said this that I think. Um, so how, how do you want to do this? Do you want first four and then the finals or no, just pick who, just this? pick who your top four will be. Who do you think right. will make the playoffs? Uh, all right. Without, without, um, without a skipping a beat, without skipping a beat, Hyderabad, Bangalore, Mumbai, and Punjab. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I remember discussing Bangalore with you in detail. Uh, you can check out that yeah. video guys on quick blog TV on YouTube. Very interesting stuff. Um, I've gone Hyderabad. Mumbai, Delhi Capitals, and I've gone a surprise pick of the Rajasthan Royals. I think they've got something about them this year with Kumar Sangakkara at the helm. I think they're a little bit more clear on, on what they want to try to do. Of course, Archer missing the early part of the season really hurts. But if yeah. they can keep Archer and Morris fit for the majority of the season, I think there's enough about them um, to cause a few problems to teams. And you see the form David Miller is in as well. He can slot in. Um, into that side and makes them really dangerous. We've got Butler yeah, and yeah. Stokes, Sandrew Sampson leading, who want to lead by example as well. I like yeah. the talent that they have, and I think yeah. they can cause some problems. Um, 
Yeah, so that those are my four. Um, I've gone. I think I think Delhi and Rajasthan will be will be those teams just on the edge of top four. Yeah. Um, they might not get into it, but they 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 might. You know you what? Know, I think safe, every single team, every single team going into the last round of matches before the playoffs will, might have a chance. At least I the last no two. Hope. I have no hopes for Chennai. Uh, to be oh, honest. Um, look, sorry, Chennai fans, but I you never know have high hopes. because I you think never know. Yeah, the kind of thing is that the tournament's so competitive, and each team is is capable of doing good things on their day. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, uh, you know, a team. All the teams are, like last season, except for Chennai there, but the last round or two that there's so many different, yeah, uh, different yeah. Uh, scenarios there um, available. So. Um, In my top four, I've picked the teams that I think their bowling attacks can really make a difference, particularly Hyderabad, Mumbai, Delhi Capitals. I really like the look of their bowling attacks. Um, And and that's why I've got them in my top four. I favoured them over someone like Royal Challengers Bangalore where their batting is a big strength. But Royal Challengers Bangalore have had strong batting throughout their history, but they've failed to deliver a lot of the time. So that's why with Maxwell here, okay, the guy can produce amazing things, but he hasn't always been the most reliable in IPL. That's true. Yeah. But if they all fire, they can score 220, 230, no problem. But can they defend it? That was my sort of issue with RCB. And I've made a bold prediction. I'll finish down towards the bottom. That could come back and bite me badly. And I've, yeah. already, I've already said like, if I get it wrong, I'll I hold think my hand up. RCB, can you can you make Shabel eat his own words this time? So uh, let's do that. You know what? If they make me eat my own words, I will hear about it on Twitter. But from now, I'll say I hold my hand up and I'll say fair play, credit to you guys, yeah. especially if they can get their bowling attack right and the bowlers can produce because they've got the batting. It's an it's an outrageous batting lineup. We know that. But for me, I favoured the sides with the bowling. Yeah, and, and and it makes sense in a T20, isn't it? Because mm. um, I think bowlers win you matches. That's true in any format um, and more so in T20 because it doesn't matter how many t- runs your batsmen score, your bowlers will win you matches and your batsmen will tell you by how much. So Exactly. Um, That's where I and, worry with RCB, but we'll just have to wait and see. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. I think, I think there will be surprises in RCB where I think Siraj might do well this season. Where he hasn't in the past. You know what? He's been outstanding, but yeah. that's in red ball cricket. Um, and I, I have no doubt he will do well in the power play as well, uh, with the yeah. likes of Jamison and, 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 and co. Washington Sunder there in the, in the power yeah. play. But as I mentioned in the RCB preview, it's the death. That's True. a serious issue. So True. we yeah. just have to see how they uh, overcome that problem. Um, and, and for me, I want to see how they fare. I hope this IPL can go ahead, you know can go ahead as smoothly as possible yep. in, in an environment where COVID, you know, continues to, yeah. you know, yeah, to be a, a real threat. Um, so fingers crossed there, but, but, you know, with what we know now and talking cricket specifically, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, whose predictions will be right at, at the end um, and, you know, which top, which teams will make the top four. That's right. Yeah. So moving on, um, I had the, the pleasure of uh, interviewing Shreyas Gopal uh, from the Rajasthan Royals who spoke about um, you know, his form um, preparing for the IPL as well as how he think uh, the likes of Sanju Sampson will fare as a captain and how Rajasthan Royals uh, will go this season. Hi Shreyas, uh, big fan of your team from Australia. I thank you so much for your time here uh, today for the interview. 
Uh, I just wanted to ask you, how has preparation been for the IPL for you without a lot of T20 cricket making? Has it been challenging? Um, it's been good. You know, the, the good thing is we've been um, getting a lot of match practice. I've just played a couple of tournaments uh, back in Bangalore. So, you know, it's some really good tournaments. It's a first-class tournament. So, it's uh, good, really high-quality cricket. So, coming back, coming coming into the, the IPL with some match uh, practice and that's that's been a great thing. Uh, firstly, kudos to everyone who's been a, uh, able to have cricket still going on in the world currently today and uh, or sport in, in the world currently today. So that's that's a big tick for all of us and you know re- really privileged for that. But yeah, coming in with some some matches, so um, you know it's just been uh, a little bit of workload that management that I probably worked on. So something something on those lines. But otherwise, it's good. It's been really exciting, and uh, it's not been too long since the last IPL, so it's been pretty quick to this. Yeah, absolutely, so that's that's really good for us, and you know, we're probably carrying in a lot of match match with us, and you know, the the previous IPLs still fresh in us. So yes, feels really good and exciting to to be back finally. And from a personal perspective, how's the experience been working with Shane Warne in the past? Have you had much to do with him, and what kind of advice has he given you? Well, uh, Warney has been great uh, for us as a spinning unit, especially. Um, you know, I've always said this: one of the best things that he does is he makes you feel like Shane Warren when you're probably not even ten percent of of Shane Warren. But you know, that that's the kind of person that he is. He's, he's a wonderful person, a lot of positive energy, a lot of uh, you know, positive talks, and you know he always wants to outthink the batsman, and he always wants, and he's always always thinking about wickets. So as as a leg spinner, it probably comes from him. Uh, you always uh, think wickets, and you, you can't really be too defensive. Always, even if you go for a, for that couple of extra boundaries or sixes, you still want that extra wicket that uh, puts your team in the, in, in the best uh, position. So uh, that that's been great, and uh, you know, he's he's just been like a, uh, a great support for us as, as a spinning unit. And and what role are you expecting to have in this year's IPL? Would you do a bit of bowling in the power play and other stages of the innings, or mostly in the middle overs? Well, last year I, I bowled a bit in the power play. I bowled two overs in, in a few matches as well. So, um, you know, I'm not really thinking too much on that. It's completely Sanju's and, and the management's call. You know, as, as a bowler, as a player, I need to be willing to do anything that the team needs. And, uh, you know, you have to be able to thrive on any situation thrown at you. So, that's when, uh, you know, you're doing well and you're doing your job uh, to the best of, of your ability. So, Irrespective, if I have to bowl three overs in the power play, I have to be ready. If I'm bowling one, or if I'm not bowling the power play, using myself through the middle and the end, and the, and the end as well, I, I think I'm ready, and I, I just need to go ahead and and put my best, uh, you know, ball out there and, and make it as difficult as possible for the batsman. So speaking of um, Sanju Samson, what are you expecting from him as the captain this year? It's a big season for the Royals and a new captain on board now. Well, I've I've known Sanju for the last fifteen years almost, so we we, we share a, we, we share a great friendship. Uh, so I've known him since then, and uh, I just know the kind of person he is, and he's a he's a very very sorted person uh, mentally and skill wise. I don't need to speak about it. Everyone knows how good and how destructive yeah. he can be as a batsman. Yeah. You know that that friendship, and I'm you know I've known him personally for so many years. So again, he, everyone knows how destructive he is as a batsman, and. Uh, he has a very very calm mind when it comes to cricket. Um, you know, he he is pretty sorted as a person, and you know, on and off the field. So, 
very calm and it's going to be great to be playing under him i think there's a lot to learn in the way he carries himself on and off the field uh, the maturity that he, that he shows um he 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 has that very mature side at the same time he has a very very fun loving side uh, in him so that that's something that not many people have and that's one of the, the greatest qualities that he a person can have and he definitely possesses that that's brilliant yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how he goes as well um in a big season for the royals um now for you in particular i've got a lot of friends here in australia and we're obsessed with the, the Royal Challengers Bangalore team and how stacked they are, but you've got a great record against them. You do well against Virat Kohli, you do well against AB de Villiers. Do you get more motivated before you play against them? Or what is it about um, RCB that brings out the best in you? <laughs> well, um, you know, I've been asked this question. I, I really don't know how to answer this question too many times, but, you know, obviously bowling to, to probably the two best uh, players in the world today, mm. uh, the most destructive players probably consistently uh, in the world today. I think it's not been easy. It's it's you know there, there are a lot of emotions that go into my mind as well when I'm bowling up against them. Uh, people just come and ask me, you know, you've got him out and it's yeah. so easy. And how does it feel and all? But the emotions that go in, in through me uh, are, are probably a lot more than yeah. what would be going through. So on that on that side. It, I go through a lot that way, but you know, it's again, uh, you just have to you just have to hold those emotions in. Otherwise, uh, you know, you probably won't be able to execute your skill at the best of your ability on that particular day. Um, again, I I don't I don't think really too much when I'm bowling uh, to them as well. You know, they can hit good balls for fours and sixes, so I'm just trying to understand the wicket, understand the conditions, understand the the dimensions of the ground, and just bowl according to that and try and bowl the best ball on that particular wicket so I'm trying to repeat those balls more often so and that probably gives you the best chance of you know um, getting them out or keeping them quiet I think keeping them quiet itself is a, is a task over getting them out so that's that's something that I just try and focus on so far it's been good they have also uh, hit me for a few sixes and fours but I think as a bowler you would take that uh, if you can get them out that, that would probably be the best thing and Again, it's always a, a great privilege to be playing uh, alongside or against or with some of the best players who've played the sport. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, another great experience for me personally as well. Brilliant. Um, now, from the Royals' perspective, Jofra Archer is going to be out for the first part of the tournament at least. Um, and considering how important he was for you guys last season, how do you think the Royals will cope in his absence in the early part of IPL? Well, Everyone knows that he was probably a, a backbone of the bowling unit, and uh, yeah. especially the fast bowling unit. Uh, so it's going to it's going to be uh, difficult for us. Not not going to be easy, definitely. But you know the you have to look at the good things, and you know any any uh, obstacle, you have to try and look at what what good it can offer at the same time. So probably the good thing over here is it gives someone an opportunity to to stand up and be a hero for us. At the same time, it could yeah. be a spinner, it could be a fast bowler, it could be anyone. It could be even a batsman just getting those extra runs and giving that cushion for the bowlers. It could be anything. So, you know, whoever gets that opportunity is is, is going to be raring to go and really would want to uh, fill in his boots. It's not going to be the easiest boots to be filling in, but I think uh, if anyone can get can do that job, it would be the most proud feeling for, for the franchise and definitely for himself and his family. 
Yeah, and, and finally, um, who do you think the toughest opponents will be in this year's IPL? Do you think it'll be Mumbai again? Um, and, and, you know, which other teams do you think will be up there challenging? Well, if you look at history, I think Mumbai and Chennai have been uh, consistently the, probably the two best teams till the IPL uh, over the years. So definitely Mumbai and Chennai would be uh, on top of my list. But uh, if you look at the last, if you look at the last IPL, I think even though Punjab didn't qualify, they they were very very close to uh, qualifying, and they did beat a couple of really top teams. Uh, Delhi as well is, is is right up there, even with KKR. So you know it's going to be hard to pick one or two teams. But um, if I had to pick, I would just pick Mumbai and, and Chennai probably because of their past records yeah. and the way they played the tournament. And uh, yeah, it will be really really good to be playing against them. And if we, if we get a couple of wins against them, it probably give us that much of a confidence booster and uh, you know, going in and playing the other playing against the other teams. Well, Shreyas, um, thank you so much for your time today in this interview. Um, I'll be sure to keep an eye on you uh, here in Australia, even though the matches will be at like midnight during the night. But I'm looking forward to watching you and the, the Royals do well this season. All the best for the season and thank you again. Thank you very much. So thank you to Shreyas uh, for his time and, and, and Rajasthan Royals for giving, for giving me the opportunity to be able to interview him. Um, Nash, in our special feature. So what we want to do on our podcast as well is have a little bit of a special feature each week. Um, you know, going forward, we'll discuss emerging cricket. We'll discuss a lot more women's cricket um, and anything else that comes to mind. Some of our best, our favorite cricket stadiums in the world, anything like that. Today, we're going to be discussing some of our favorite ever bowlers. Um, yeah. As, as I mentioned in my IPL playoff predictions, I love a team with good bowlers. Yeah. Um, as a bowler myself, um, I've always got a soft spot for them. Um, so, Nash, I just wanted to ask you, was there a bowler from, from anywhere in the world, maybe when you were growing up, um, that you really appreciated and helped you fall in love with cricket more? Warney, love it. Yes, definitely. Yes. I mean, uh, for, for, li- for listeners on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, I'm just holding up a book of Shane Warne's what um, a player. Aut- aut- autobiography. And uh, this is the first ever cricket book that I read actually and I, I'm not to be honest I'm all all I've read are cricket books sports books and uh, this was published in I think 2006 if I'm correct and mm. um, I was I was 13 or 14 back then and yeah he, he I absolutely loved him as, yeah. as a bowler uh, his on-field exploits have been uh, the key word being on-field here so his on-field ex- field. You want to talk oh, about we're talking about we're we're talking about bowlers. Our, our, <laughs> so it's let's stick to on field. So um, yeah, his on field exploits have been absolutely brilliant. So his his autobiography states all that he has done, how he has done it. His the Australian the great Australian team of the nineties and the um, early two thousands. I mean, the he. I've I've been a leg spinner all my life, yeah, and um, yeah. I've played cricket at very various levels. So he. For for any leg spinner growing up in the nineties and two thousand, he he was the one oh, you looked up to, um, and then obviously closely followed by people like Anil Kumble, Harbhajan Singh, obviously being from India, those are the bowlers um, you know you have a chance to look at too as well. So definitely my number one favorite ball in the world is and was and is Shane Warne. Um, always has been, 
all his yep. 708 wickets. Unbelievable. It's absolutely amazing. You know, the amazing. thing with Warney, the thing with Warney was he had all the tricks in the armory, right? But he was so, he had the amazing cricket smarts. Exactly. You know, and, and one, one exactly. thing that always stuck with me with Warney was, I want to bowl to one batsman for a prolonged period of time to work him over. If he hits me, I'd rather him hit me for four. So I keep exactly. him on strike and then I'll yep. work him over. And I love that how before he bowled his flipper, that, yep. that amazing flipper that goes through quickly, especially to yep. Daryl Cullinan, um, uh, he, would be, he would be willing to bowl a short wide ball spinning yep. away that a batsman can cut for four. But he says, yeah. I'll get him the next ball or a few think, balls later think, with the flipper. I think the uh, <coughs> even better than the Cullinan ball was the one he bowled to Alex Stewart. Mm. Um, if you have oh, seen, yeah. if you have seen, seen that, that one. He, he, the previous ball was the setter where he was hit for four uh, to the point, uh, to point and covers. And then the next one, he bowled the same one, just flatter, faster yes. and in the stumps. And then, you know, he's Alex thinking, Stewart oh, I can was... cut this again. And then he's, he's exactly. gone. This is yeah. brilliant. And, and brilliant thinking. Even before, even before Alex Stewart's bat came down, he was bold. And that, that's, that's the kind of smart smartness um, this mm-hmm. man had. So I think he was my, definitely he's my favorite bowler. Um, and then now coming on, coming to you, Shabel, who, who did, who did you look up to as a, as a bowler? Yeah, I loved, um, I loved pace bowlers. Cause I, I grew up being a pace bowler and that, that was my trade. Growing up was Glenn McGrath, amazing, amazing consistency. Yeah. He would wear you down, relentless. But then, as I grew up, older Dale Stain became my favourite. Um, and I was actually nicknamed when I was playing cricket. I was actually given the nickname of Dale because I yeah. mimicked his action. I was, I was nowhere near uh-huh. the bowler. He is in the bowl anywhere as quick yeah. as him. But the run up and the action, everyone yeah. said you're a carbon copy of him because he was just perfect. You know, yeah, we talk about how smooth the run-up is and how good he was, you know, in terms of the action, but it was also what he did with his non-bowling arm and how he would almost rip his shoulder off, really generating that pace. But what yeah. I loved about Daya was his ability to bowl well in all conditions. He was yeah. outstanding in Asia. He's got an, an average... Yeah. Oh, of, don't, don't, please don't remind me of that. <laughs> he was, he yes. was absolutely brilliant. I know. He's got an average in the low 20s there. A bamboozle batsman with reverse swing... Um, no matter what the conditions, he'll find a way to get you. And whenever Graham yeah. Smith needed a wicket, it would return to Dale Stain. It was yeah. just a pleasure I, to watch I, him. Obviously, I still remember his him getting India all out for like 76 in Nagpur. Correct. Where absolute, you know, Nagpur is where you go to score 500, 600 runs. And it's on, on the road to get out, you know, get India out for 76 absolutely brilliant remarkable remarkable yeah so dale stain just incredible the way he was able to swing the ball both ways the way he can intimidate you um yeah whatever the conditions were he had the ability to to outfox the batsman um and and talking about stain i think two specific balls that come to mind or two specific periods of play that come to mind one i think one is to ian bell in south africa a few mm-hmm. years ago the um, where yes yeah he kept bowling out swingers for you know four balls and then the then the dreaded in swinger and then the same with uh Pujara in a county match i think he did it um where uh, the f- five first five balls he bowled um yes uh out swingers and then brought back uh, brought one back in so i think and and then again i, I still remember one of his um, opening overs in the ipl a few years ago to i think it was to richard levy 
the South African opening batsman who scored 100 mm. in New Zealand. I think yes. um, he bowled a brilliant opening over as well. So, yeah, as you said, And that um, Yorker to Suresh Reina a few years ago as well, knocking out stumps. Yes. And I think one ball that comes to mind for me for downstairs is that one to Michael Clark in Perth. Michael Clark, oh. that in 2012 was unstoppable, and he hit a double 100 in the previous test in Adelaide. He was unstoppable. He was he was middling everything, and then Stain produces an absolute peach. Um, and I yeah. still remember that ball because it was some of the best bowling you'll ever see. Um, and and that's the mark of great bowlers, isn't it? Like to produce yeah. something out of nothing, and when Correct. nothing's going your way, just keep running. And, and it's also know, that 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 ability to think: How am I going to work this batsman over and have the ability to execute it? That's why Definitely. someone like Dale, when I was growing up watching him, I just loved everything about him. He was just smooth run up. Amazing action, ability to yep. move the ball both ways. Yep. Amazing. He's got a brilliant York, a brilliant bounce. He had everything. Uh, but he was also very thinking, uh, very much a thinking bowler, as we discussed. Another bowler that comes to mind that I'm infatuated with as well was, was Kurt Lee Ambrose. Goodness yep. me. What a bowler he was. Um, was brilliant. He was what brilliant. a nightmare for batsmen to face. Um, and sort of one of the last of those incredible battery of bowlers that the West Indies had. Uh, across the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, but Kurtley Ambrose, for me, he was just a proper scary. And that's why I've got massive respect for someone like Steve Waugh as a batsman. That's why I rate yep. him so highly when I look at, you know, great Australian players is this guy had an average of 50 and he played a lot of his cricket, most of his cricket um, in, in the 1990s, which was a very difficult decade for batsmen. Definitely, yep. And he was able to to score runs against the likes of Ambrose. Um, that's how good war uh, was. Um, in terms of the West Indies pace per grade, um, Nash, did you have any sort of I think, favorites I think, there? Uh, that's what I was coming to, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, do you have any regrets of not watching the West Indian pace quartet live? I mean, I do. I definitely do. I would have loved to watch, you know, Malcolm Marshall, Andy Roberts, um, all those ballers, Michael holding the whispering yeah. death. I mean, I would have loved to watch, you know. I still hold a grudge against my live. parents for not getting married earlier and then um, <laughs> giving, uh, yeah, having me earlier. So I could see, the, could see. but you know what? Um, the way my dad explains it all and he continues to talk about it, it's like I was watching it myself. So uh, yeah. don't lose much there. But yeah, as I mentioned, like when you think about someone like a Jofra Archer, you think some of the, you know, some of the very quick bowlers that we see now, um, you go back and you said the West Indies had four of those and they would come at you yeah. all day. There was nowhere to hide. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of those batsmen didn't have helmets. And, and, you didn't have helmets back would, then. They would come at you with revenge. Yeah, they wanted the to scary hurt you. Part. Yeah, they wanted to hurt a, you and intimidate you. You know, it was about hurting you first, then I'll get you out. Like, And yeah. credit to those batsmen. That's why I rate those batsmen of the 70s and 80s. You could score runs there. You know, hats off to you. An average of 35, yeah, I mean, 40 even, back then is... is worth 50 plus these days you, easily that's that's why batsmen like you know sunil gavaskar that's why oh, batsmen like alan border they are they are rated so high because they faced you know ballers like malcolm marshall andy roberts joel garner and and even talking about these players gives me goosebumps and I'm not, not sure if you have seen it, but uh, for all the listeners, please watch this documentary called Fire in, Fire in the Babylon. Um, mm. It's about the great West Indian team in the 70s and how Clive Lloyd brought it up from nothing and how he went around the Caribbean searching for fast bowlers who could 
bring light to his vision of what West Indies cricket is going to be. Correct. And I think, I think I would absolutely love to see that again. Mm. And, uh, you know, that far in the West Indies team. And yeah. I think um, that's where players like Jason Holder, um, you know, Craig Brethwaite uh, right now, even Kimar Roach, those players, they have that fire and they can definitely do it. Um, but but speaking, coming back to our favorite ballers, any any Australian ballers since you you know you're Australian, you have been yeah an yeah yeah fan. of course. Any Australian ballers. You so as I mentioned, massive respect for Glenn McGrath growing up, but uh, yeah. currently uh, Pat Cummins, I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, I think he's the closest we have now since McGrath to to emulating McGrath in terms yeah. of consistency, in terms of relentlessness. I'd also have someone like a Ryan Harris. Who, whose career was cut short with injury, didn't get uh, oh, the yeah, opportunities definitely. that he deserved, but what a bowler he was as well. Definitely. Massive respect for, uh, oh, his, for those his, two. His, his first ball to uh, Alistair, Alistair Cook. Cook. I mean, who can oh. forget? Who can forget that? And then leading us to victory in South Africa in 2014 yeah, with, a, with a very, very bad knee that needed surgery. And he kept bowling his heart out and, and got those last two wickets for us to, to win that test match and win the series there. Yeah. Remarkable bowler Harris. Um, he was one and, that was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, definitely. I absolutely love Pat Cummins. I think he yeah, was Cummins too. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, he he has been robbed of the Allen Border Medal for, <laughs> for in 2019. I think that yes. was when David Warner won. So um, nothing against David Warner though. But yeah. I think um, speaking about the Australian bowlers, I would have loved to watch Jeff Thompson as well. No, oh, yeah. Um, Oh, he, he would have been scary. Another bowler for me was Dennis Lilly. He's arguably yes. Australia's greatest ever seen bowler. Um, and if yeah. if someone makes an argument for him to be you know, to be noted as the greatest Australian seamer, I wouldn't argue. He was yeah. also just that ability to outfox the batsman, right? And his partnership with Jeff Thompson was just insane. Um, definitely, definitely. You know, and, and those guys had the ability to to overcome some great West Indian batsmen, um, Lily against the likes of Viv Richards and, and co yep. would have made for an amazing battle um, and would have loved to have watched it. But Dennis Lilly, um, one of the bowlers, when you look at the epitome of Australian fast bowling, he's right up there when you talk yeah, about it. Yeah, he is. He is. And, and my dad, my dad loved him and still talks about him <laughs> as well. So, um, But yeah, and, and I think one, another angle i want to speak about is uh growing up in india obviously yeah i was going to ask you about um, indian indian bowlers you loved or love at the moment i mean as i said you know um growing up you you followed anil kumle uh perfect cricketer perfect gentleman perfect ambassador of cricket uh, of the sport and um his his tenfer who can forget that of course in in delhi um against pakistan our tribals so um absolutely brilliant and um uh, other bowlers that do come to mind are obviously, you know, your regulars, Harbhajan Singh, your um, Zahir Khans. But one specific bowler I want to speak about is Kapil Dev. Um, back in the back in the you know seventies and eighties, he 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 was single handedly responsible for so many of you know moments in Indian cricket, yeah. and um, the way he the way he captured the Indian audiences in, in the eighties and, you know, seventies was, was brilliant. My, my mom still speaks about Kapil Dev as a gentleman, yeah, as someone, yeah. as a, you know, as, as a young, young cricketer, um, as, a, as this dashing cricketer, you know, uh, doing 
playing for his country and obviously um as a captain who won india his, their first world cup in 1983 at lords so he's and he's he's the all rounder you want in your team doesn't it doesn't he so yeah. um amazing he, he, his stats are amazing who can forget what, what he has done for cricket what he's done for indian cricket and um yeah. you absolutely have to love him as if you're indian and then obviously there there's greater bowlers back which i was i wasn't fortunate enough to witness live where mm. there's arapali prasanna and um you know those those off spinners uh, there's chandrasekhar who uh, from from the stories that i've heard uh, batsmen could not pick him even with a magnifying glass so yeah. uh, you know it's yeah, just yeah. They, 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 these are the bowlers that you grew up listening about in india so yeah. it's uh, it's it's absolutely brilliant to hear all the stories and um you know do do uh what some of these to just watch some of these bowlers uh from from previous years in the 70s and and 80s and a big shout out to um Rob Moody for showing oh, us all, all these yeah he's, he's the, the best, goat he? he's unbeatable yeah, goat definitely so he he has um taken us through the lockdown definitely so I was so, about to say that um, yeah he yeah. was the man holding <laughs> it all together for us yeah definitely and i i have some of uh, kapil kapil dev stats here and i think he averaged 29 with the ball with 434 wickets so i mean he's he he's one of the greatest and then coming on mm. to the modern day um you you cannot not speak about arashwin khan yeah. i mean you have to talk about him um again 400 wickets easily could easily get to um 500 now even 600 isn't isn't too much he's still bowling very him, well so. he's still bowling very yeah. well isn't he is and the way he well redeemed himself ever. exactly yeah. the way he redeemed himself in australia this time around with you know people there people doubting him where he doesn't perform in the sena countries and you know he doesn't bowl in sena countries well but that's he, his job isn't to pick wasn't to pick wickets in sena countries he, his job was to hold one end and not give easy runs and the fast bowlers do the job from the other end but this earlier, time yeah earlier on in his career he was finding it difficult to even hold yeah. the scoring but yeah, this exactly. time he just he wouldn't see the the seamers were fantastic but they were just being rotated around ashwin uh, yeah. and and even jadeja there as well the spinners were not giving anything away and what was you know, i agree with you what i was most impressed about ashwin was his control he was just yeah. not letting the batsman go away he had those yeah. beautiful subtle variations um where he'd get the ball going away from yeah. the right-hander and i feel yeah. Nathan Lyon was bowling a very straight line in that series i love gaz of course but he was bowling a very very straight line in that series which was yeah. the wrong line for Lyon to bowl because he doesn't have that ability to take the ball to straighten it like Ashwin does um yeah. and that's what's so impressive about our Ashwin he's bowling as well as he ever has in that australia Definitely. series was proof of it Definitely. and i think to have someone like as much as a great batsman he is Steve, to have someone like steve smith in your pocket for the first two tests i mean mm. it it was brilliant it was absolutely oh, no. brilliant it was, it was as an indian fan it was just brilliant to watch and witness so he's certainly one of my favorite bowlers right now and then um obviously there's bowlers like jasprit bumrah pat, we spoke about pat cummins and then um from 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 going going to the western hemisphere we can obviously talk about bowlers like kagiso rapada um who is certainly an up and coming bowler and then we already spoke about dale stain who is now retired yeah. um 
wish we could see more of Dale Stain, but you know, a- Andrik Noki is an upcoming bowler who who is certainly really one impressive for in the yeah. future. Yep, and anyone from England? Um, oh, yeah, just apart the James, from uh, of the James obvious Anderson. ones, James Anderson yep. comes to mind. He wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Anderson's been superb. His longevity, yeah, thirty-eight definitely. years of age, still bowling very well. <laughs> you know, credit definitely. to him. That is unbelievable stuff from him. A great bowler for England. Um, yep. A controversial opinion I've had. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's controversial, but a strong opinion I've had is like he's probably just a level down to someone like Stain. I know he's played longer and he's taken more wickets, but yep. just in terms of what Stain's been able to do in a range of different conditions around the world. Definitely. Where Definitely. Anderson, particularly in places like Australia, he would be more of an accumulating bowler, whereas Stain would yep. be able to blast opposition teams out. Yep. Um, that's right. but, but that's not taking anything away from Anderson, one of the most skillful bowlers in the history of the game. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, another one from England that I was growing up watching at his prime was, was Andrew Flintoff, the all-rounder. Yes. Oh, was, yeah. Oh, when he was at his best. Flashbacks of 2005. Oof, man, that was unbelievable <laughs> stuff. That over where he dismissed Langer and, and, that, and Ponting. Yeah, just magnificent. The crowd behind Brilliant. him as well. When he got on a roll, he was a fantastic bowler too. And of course, you got a bowler like Stuart Broad over five hundred wickets as well. Yeah, um, and 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 credits to Stuart Broad because to c- come back from something like getting hit for thirty six in an over from you know Yurat Singh yeah. at, at an age of what twenty twenty one. Um, and, and although yeah, it's a different format. It's a different you know game altogether. But it does affect you. It does uh, mm. mentally affect you. And he's had a very good comeback from that. Yeah, and after that, you know what he has done for England. It's been absolutely magnificent. Yeah, so, particularly yeah. England, he's been outstanding there. And um, you know, credit to him. He's had a superb career. And I really hope we get to see Anderson and Broad bowling together again. Um, just Could see, yeah, I think you'll quiet, see it. I think you see it this summer. Plenty of quietly tests. speaking about England's rotation policy there, but um, yeah, you, you might probably you probably see them at least in one test, one or two tests. Might yes. In the Ashes, I don't. You won't see that here in Australia. No, no. Um, another bowler from England, Ian Botham. We talk about you know Capital Devers and all oh, yeah. that. Ian Botham was just superb, and then. You talk about New Zealand, Richard Hadley. He was some bowler yep. as well. He was so skillful, um, beautiful run-up, beautiful action. The skill, the execution, remarkable. And New Zealand have gone on to produce some some excellent scene bowlers since you know Trent Bolt and Tim Southey have carried that bowling attack for so long. And then Neil Wagner, how underrated he is. Oh, and yeah. Kyle, Kyle Jamison coming through as well. Yep. So they continue to produce some very, very good seamers. So... We could go let's on. not let's not forget about Daniel Vittori, obviously. So, as a spinner, um, yes, yeah, as he's, a spinner, he was, ex- as a he, was spinner. A, he was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. he was outstanding I mean, as well. I mean, you know, to to come up in a country like um, New Zealand as as a left arm spinner, it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? I absolutely love Daniel Vittori growing up, just watching him, just no yeah. fuss about him, you know, no stress on. Wasn't on his wasn't the most didn't didn't have the big bag of tricks, but he was very nah, very smart with with definitely. what he did with with his pace. Yeah. Uh, you know, changes of length, subtle stuff yeah. to, to, you know, not only keep the runs down, but then find ways to take wickets as well. Definitely. Um, you know, we can go on for hours talking about some of the best bowlers that we've seen. Of course, you know, someone like Matai Murutham from Sri Lanka. Yeah. Massive respect also for Shamin Vas from Sri Lanka. Yeah. He was an excellent bowler too. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm very privileged to have grown up watching a lot of these guys, um, you know, when I was, 
you know, heading into my teenage years and then, you know, really falling in love with cricket because of these guys. Um, you know, and, and now we see bowlers who can, you know, reach greatness, in, you know, towards yeah. the end of their careers, well, like Cummins, Rabada, Bumrah, um, yep. some fantastic bowlers that we're really enjoying watching at the moment as well. So um, listeners, feel free to let us know if we've missed anyone in terms of uh, great bowlers. I mean, we, we try to cover as much as we can, but we, we, we can go on for hours uh, if we continue to talk uh, about, about bowlers. So very privileged to have, um, you know, witnessed a lot of those bowlers uh, live. And then also thanks to Rob Moody to see them uh, on oh, YouTube yeah. as well. Um, hope, now, hope, he, hope he listens to this. Uh, thank well, yeah. you so much, Rob Moody, again. The GOAT, 100%. Yep. Um, also, uh, Nash, there's been, you know, a bit of international cricket happening at the moment. So we touched on South Africa, Pakistan, the unpredictability there. Um, Sri Lanka, West Indies, so a drawn test series, a good result for Sri Lanka, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, West Indies would, would feel like they've, um, they've just been on the back foot a bit, but I think brilliant from Sri Lanka to be, to get a couple of draws in, 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 in the Caribbean with their players being in form uh, mm. there as in the West Indies players being in form, you know, getting mm. back from a brilliant series win in Bangladesh and being on a high and then coming to that, um, you know, getting draw. It's, it's absolutely been really, really good from Sri Lanka. It's a good, good result from them. Good fight they showed throughout that series as well. So there was some good fights showed from both teams, you know, in needing to save the games. I think the West Indies will be a bit disappointed. Maybe the weather played a role in that second test, if I'm not yep. mistaken, um, you know, sort of hampering their chances of victory. Mm. Also, New Zealand, too good for Bangladesh across the ODIs and T20s, but unearthing Finn Allen, um, yep. who may played a, a massive innings in that third T20. And yep. he's with Royal Challengers Bangalore in that T10. Yeah, yeah, because it was reduced. And now he's with Royal Challengers Bangalore. He could get opportunity in the IPL, but a big future for him. And really rewarded for an excellent Super Smash campaign in the New Zealand summer. Um, what do you make of Finn Allen quickly? I mean, I think he's, I haven't had the pleasure to watch him too much uh, or so yeah. much, sorry. Um, but he's been, from what, from what I've seen, um, he's... He's one for the one for the future and one to watch out for definitely. I I, I hope I hope he gets a go in um, Royal Challengers Bangalore. Yeah, and um, definitely I think yeah, he, he could. Yeah, he, he definitely could with the form he's in right now. I mean, um, and uh, yeah, I definitely hope to see him more, uh, see more of him. Yeah, absolutely. And last week we spoke about sort of the rise of Devon Conway and the emergence of someone yep. like Will Young. So New Zealand got these batsmen coming through, which is really, really encouraging on their part. And I think we'll discuss it closer to the date, but when the T20 World Cup comes around, they're always going to be in the discussion, the Black Caps. So quality Definitely. performance from them. Um, speaking of quality performances, the Australian women's team went past Ricky Ponting, Ricky Ponting's team of 2003 for most consecutive ODI wins. Now they have 22 going past Ponting teams, uh, Ponting's team's uh, record of 21. Um, Brilliant. Isn't remarkable it? achievement, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. the consistency, um, you know, they've been faced with, with challenging circumstances along the way, but they'll always find a way to, to come through with the goods. And New Zealand performed very, very well in that T20 series, and they wanted to bring that over to the one days, but Australia belted them. Yeah. And I think that, that this 
correct me if I'm wrong, but this winning streak started after the loss against India in the World Cup, um, yes. 2017 World Cup. And I think it has been brilliant since then. Um, the way they have performed, um, not only in one days, but across formats. Um, it, yes, this is, uh, we are specifically talking about one days, but Australian mm. women's team across formats is absolutely Just brilliant. Remarkable, you know, and yeah. New Zealand winning that T20 was a fantastic effort for them. It's sort of a big moment to be able to beat Australia. And then with Definitely. The, the third T20 washed out, they had a drawn series. But then in the ODI, you can have Australia bowl New Zealand out for 212 and Elise Perry just bowl three overs. You've yep. got incredible depth where you have a lot of bowlers you turn to. And then great to see Elise Perry spending time at the crease and scoring mm. runs along with Elisa Healy and Ash Gardner there yep. as well. So we mentioned it last week. It's such incredible depth that this team can get you from anywhere. And it's a real pleasure to watch them. And as an Aussie yep. fan, I don't care... It will never get boring for me in terms of seeing them win so often because yep. we had that with our men's side and now we yep. realise, no, you can't take that for granted anymore because no, you know, definitely not. <laughs> wins are not a given with the men's side. So with the women, let's enjoy it. They make me feel very safe and you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Have, again. Having said that, having said that um, as much as I love the Australian players, you know, women's players, uh, watching them win and watching them perform, I, I, I do believe that the, the level of um, skill, talent, or even, you know, performances that the Australian women's team puts in, in, in their games is so far ahead of uh, every other nation. Yeah, even, uh, every even other nation's England. catching up, yeah. Yeah, and, and, but they are catching up, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm coming to. They are catching up. So, um, you know, other nations are getting those women's facilities, women's uh, performances, women's skill, talent, all those um, things that they have already put in the men's cricket. They are now starting to focus in women's cricket. So other other nations are trying to catch up. And I hope they do because they, I would love to see, um, you know, some more competition to the Australian women's team as well. And yeah. then the, the then the wins would be more sweeter because that, that'll be, again, I'm not saying they're not working hard right now. They definitely are. But, you, you know, those more close games, um, I you think, know, more... Yeah, you're right. I know what you're saying. I think in, uh, women's cricket's going to... I think the, the competitiveness of it will grow even more in the next five years. I think yeah, the women's definitely. game has a good future because you've got sides like South Africa improving rapidly as well. What they achieved in India is no mean feat. Yeah. And even from an India perspective, you know, players like Shafali Verma, transforming the way the women's yeah. game is played her strike rate her st stroke play is just incredible you couldn't have imagined that yeah. 10 years ago kind of thing yeah. so i agree with you you know we want to see teams from a neutral perspective um sort of continue to rise i think new zealand have got some talent there that they'll want to continue to build on as well from a neutral perspective you want to see a really competitive um you know international game for the women's for the women's side of things because that would make for very good viewing from an Australian perspective. I just want to see us continue to win. It's yeah. some good stuff, but, but yeah, you make a good point about that. And I think teams are really putting more effort into, well, boards are putting more, you know, a lot more focus yep. on their women's cricketers and you're starting to see some of the results of that around the globe. Yeah. Um, so before we go into our final segment, with ask, ask Crick blog, we're going to have a quick chat about the Sheffield shield. So a few matches happening at the moment uh, here in early April in Australia, very late for the Sheffield Shield to be finishing, but that's just the way it is. 
Um, New South Wales going head to head at the moment with Queensland. And given that Western Australia need 480 to win on the last day against Tasmania, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's pointing towards a New South Wales Queensland final. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and Queensland are looking good because they've got Manus Labuskani as uh, yep. uh, the South Africans want to see him uh, referred to as. Um, yep. he's, he's superb. Uh, a century for him against a, a good New South Wales attack. It's included the likes of Mitchell Stark and Nathan Lyon. I like the look. Someone to keep an eye out for um, in the future is Bryce Street. He's a Queensland yes. opener. And yep. he's old-fashioned red ball opener. I love him. He'll strike, he'll strike at 30 runs per 100 balls, but it doesn't matter. He will look to see out the new ball uh, and set up a platform for the rest of his team. Um, and he yep. made a – he batted, I think, having a look here, um, how many balls he batted. He, he scored 50. Um, he batted, I think, over 150 balls. Just having a quick look. He batted 154 balls for 59. Um, but Manus Labuschagne <laughs> or Manus Labuschagne batted 212 balls for 112. So, and Usman Kawaja was in the runs as well. So seeing that from Queensland so, makes them hard to beat, in my opinion. What do you think? So, so, just, so just to back up, uh, hmm. you have this batsman Bryce Street batting for 154 balls at a strike rate of 38. And then you have bowlers like Mitchell Stark and Nathan Lyon, who have just come out of an India series bowling to this guy, who is again, <laughs> you know, not, <laughs> not vibes. Exactly. I mean, yeah. how, how often do you see that? That's why I've got respect for Pujara. You know yeah. your role as a batsman. If, you, if your role is to hold up an end, frustrate the bowling attack, tire them out, you let the others around you score. Definitely. It's good to see Usman Kawaja scoring. He made a 50 as well. Um, and that's yeah. after Jason Sanger. Uh, scored 100 for New South Wales, which was was good to see the youngster there doing well. Um, yep. But Queensland taking a very, very good lead in that first innings, scoring 400 plus, and then New South Wales are two for 49 overnight. So mm. be very interesting to see what happens in that game. But Queensland, for me, they, they have a very good chance of taking out this uh, Sheffield Shield um, as the final news. I think they'll play New South Wales and it'll be a good final. Definitely. I think some of their... F- you know, ballers are in brilliant form. You mm. know, Michael Nieser, um, Xavier Bartlett, Mitchell Swepson. I think they, they re- even Brendan Doggett, they have really good ballers and, you know, they have a really good chance of winning the Shield this year. Yeah, and I like the, their batting has been, has been really consistent. They've got someone like Matt Renshaw who's opened the batting for Australia, batting at five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jimmy Pearson's having a very good season overall. He's batting at six. So, and Nisa can hit a ball. He's batting at seven. There's some really, really good depth there, and I think they're going to be hard to beat. New South Wales, um, Mitchell Stark continues to find the going tough. Like, he wasn't expensive in the innings, but he didn't take a wicket in 29 overs. I think he's, um, she, he should just stop cricket for a while. I know we were talking about it, I think, in our first yeah. episode. We were saying, give him a break. Um, but, um, yeah, so, look, if he, if he plays in that final, New South Wales will be hoping he fires because they'll need yeah, him definitely. to. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, matches going around South Australia. Um, it'll be Chad Say's last ever match in Sheffield yes. Shield. They were well on top against Victoria. So, South Australia, 333. They had Victoria 7 for 195 and let it slip. That's, that's, that's South Australia for you this season, isn't it? Um, that's South Australia the last how many years? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not only this season, last how many years, we, we yeah. don't even know. And there's some, something has to change. Um, and it's not, it's not from a team's, you know, p- 
performance point of view, but something has to change in the back end. I, I don't think it's working from a team management point of view as mm. well. So, you know, not 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 going into the details, but um, do do you think Travis Head's captaincy is not working, or do you think he he sh- you know the captaincy isn't isn't the problem? I don't know if the captaincy is a problem. It's just depth in bowling talent, I think, as yeah. well. I think you remember before the India series, batsmen were filling their boots against South Australia in the Sheffield Shield. Um, I yeah. know Will Pukowski was making big runs and he put on a massive partnership with Marcus Harris. It's just bowling. If they need to get some good bowlers coming in, now with Chad Sayers set to retire, it's going to be even harder for South Australia going forward. Um because then it puts significant pressure on their batting to score big. But to have uh, Victoria 7 for 195 when you put 333 and then fall behind on the first innings, that's a big blow. Yeah, that's just That's just epitomizes South Australia. Great to see Sam Harper for Victoria making a century oh, yeah, there, definitely. batting yep. uh, at number six and doing it under pressure. I think, you know, and with some with some um, lower order contributions. Yeah. I think that's what we want to see from our red ball cricketers producing good performances when the team also, needs it. Also, a quick shout out to James Seymour. Um, yeah. who will be coming to the territory to play cricket, who has been coming to the territory for the last eight years to play cricket. So um, all, mostly a territorial now. So we are happy to claim him. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, his story has been really... Um, really brilliant as um, some of you um, have may have seen uh, Chris Rogers presenting him with his cap and the words that he has spoken are so true because he's worked so hard to be there and finally he's been rewarded for his um, you know hard work so you know big big good on him. To him and scored a 60 of 123 yeah. balls on debut you know what you take that that's a fantastic start that, that's and- that's why that's why you pick batsmen who are making runs this yeah. this is a lesson for Victoria, I think. Victoria also ha- has had a really really poor season. Yeah. Um, they were heavily dependent on you know Will Pukowski and Marcus Harris at the start, and then those those two are gone, and then now they, no one's making runs, and then you know no one in the in in great cricket is, is being picked who are making runs. So that's why you pick batsmen who are making runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, one batsman who is making runs is who's had a very good season. Um. Jake Doran from Tasmania. Now he's a, a young keeper batsman, um, 24 years of age now. I had the pleasure or the, the displeasure actually of, of bowling to him. He, he played at the same club as I did in, in Sydney, uh, Fairfield, Liverpool, when he was coming through the grades as a teenager, very talented batsman. And yeah. if he continues to, to produce the, the kind of runs he's been making this season in the Shield, most notably, there was one against Victoria a few games ago where he made 98 on a very difficult batting pitch. Yeah, He scored 123 in this game, um, along with Matty Wade's 90, Bo Webster with 135 for Tasmania. Jackson Bird in the runs again with 64. Yep, but it's good definitely. to see these up-and-coming batsmen. I want to see more red cricket in Australia in the summer. That's, that's my ideal um, scenario because we want to see which batsmen have got the bottle to perform well in Red Bull, in the Sheffield Shooting, yeah. can produce runs on a consistent basis. So keep an eye for, for someone like Jake Doran going forward. Um, yeah. If he can have another good couple of years, who knows where he's, uh, inter- you know, he could have an international True. career beckoning as well. So, um, you know, we want to see, uh, especially the batsmen. That's where Australia needs uh, some depth. Uh, we want to see the batsmen perform there in the shield. Um, as mentioned, 
Western Australia, they needed to win this game to have a chance of making the Sheffield Shield final. They've been, they've been really dominated. Tasmania 514 versus 219. And then um, yep. Tasmania scoring at six for 184 declared. Western Australia one for 11. They need another 469. Can't see that happening. So, yeah, as I said, it looks like it's going to be a New South Wales Queensland final. Yeah, I think um, I'm also tipping for Queensland to win that. So uh, with the form their batsmen and their bowlers have been um, in for the past few few months, I yeah. think they, they have a sure shot chance of winning that. Yeah, New South Wales, look, you never write off the New South Wales. They've got a magnificent, I oh, think yeah. the, most, the most successful Shield side. Uh, I think was it 42 Sheffield Shield titles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But... What we've seen from New South Wales this year is the tendency to have a really, really bad batting collapse. So we really, fingers crossed, it doesn't happen in the final. But I think I agree with you. My head says um, Queensland look very good. My heart, as a New South Welshman, says hopefully the Blues can do it again this year. So wait and see what happens there. But one to keep an eye out for uh, in a mid-April Sheffield Shield final. So, um, Nash, we'll, we'll move on to the Ask Crick blog segment. Um, so we received a few a few questions. Um, the one that we did receive uh, was was about Quinton de Kock. So we, we received yep. a question about that that we, we touched on at the at the start of the um at the start of the podcast. Um, and when we said look my my perspective of it was you're not hundred percent sure whether he hundred percent meant it in that way or whether it was just um, or whether he did mean it. But that rule where it says you've got to willfully distract the batsman, I think yep. there's the there's, there is the um yeah. Yeah. there's the um catch twenty two there. So so another question we received was from Debashish Serengi from uh, at Plum underscore in front. And um, thank you to Debashish for um sending three questions each week. We really appreciate it. Um who plays for you guys in place of Akshar Patel in the first game for Delhi Capitals? Very good question because Akshar Patel has uh, tested positive to COVID and he's out for at least the first game. Nash, who do you think could replace him in that Look, side? I, I wouldn't mind giving Mishra a game. You know, just see what, what, what kind of form he is in. He's one of the most successful bowlers in the IPL. Um, you know, he's in the... I think, I think he's in the top five wicket takers in the IPL. So he knows IPL, um, you know, inside out. So he knows what he's doing. Just... And and he 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 will work perfectly with Arashwin uh, there as well. So and you have obviously got fast bowling covered with Rabada, Noki, Umesh Yadav, Ishan Sharma. You have that fast bowling department covered. So why not why not give Amit Mishra a go? Um, yeah, before I have my say on that, I just want to correct myself and say New South Wales have forty seven Sheffield Shield titles, not forty two. So I just had a quick check, but I know it was me in the 40-50 region. <laughs> so hopefully it'll be 48 this year. And in terms of Delhi Capitals, um, the, the, the issue I have with Mishra, he hasn't played any, any top-level cricket since last year's IPL. Yeah. That's a problem. Um, very proven IPL performer. He's done wonderfully well in the past. Can he do it at 38 years of age now with uh, not a lot of cricket behind him? Possibly with the bowling attack around him. There's also... Um, the option of Dubai um, for yes. Delhi Capitals, uh, also a wrist spinner um, who who can who can um, play a key role he's, in the early part yep, of the season. Young, Dubai is yep. young; it's, well, twenty-seven years of age, but he he can offer yep. 
offer you know some some value there in the absence of action is young yeah younger younger correct younger compared to amit mishra um but he's been playing more t20 cricket of late and i think that could be perhaps the safer option um yeah if you want to go with someone who's got a little bit more cricket under their belt in recent times um, but yeah, there's a decision uh, for the LA Capitals to make there. They don't, they don't really have too many options, do they? In in the spin department, it was from 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 what I've been looking at the team, it, it was um, Amit Mishra. It is Amit Mishra. It was um, Aksar Patel and R Ashwin. Mm. I think they they I think they they also have a very good chance of playing a fast bowler there. They could. You know, That's you what never, I was going to say. You, you never know. So depending on the conditions. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. But again, given that Stoinis might be a uh, you know a sure starter as well, they they will start with oh, what five fast bowlers. I think. I don't think that'll that's happen. Highly, yeah, that's highly. There's unlikely. always a chance so think, of them doing something like that, but I don't think they will. I think they'll they'll look to pick another spinner, and probably yeah, between I think Amit those two. Mishra, yeah, Amit Mishra has a high chance of starting for mm. with, with Ashwin because he's the more experienced one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, we've also got another question from Debeshish Sarangi um, at Plum underscore in front. And he asks, what's your take on am I going with both Piyush Chawla and Rahul Chahar together in Chennai? Now, I think that's, that's an option for them if they want to play someone like Piyush Chawla over someone like Nathan Coltonile, especially if there's, yeah. there's turn available, which there usually is in Chennai. So, and, and then just go with three overseas players? Possibly, or you can add another overseas player like uh, Chris Lynn at the top or something like yeah, that. But who, who would you drop? Who would you drop for that? That's the question, isn't it? For Mumbai Indians, it's always who would you drop, not who Correct. would you pick. Correct. Um, because They're good enough to drop. go with three overseas seamers if they, if exactly. they need to. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, three overseas players if they need to. Because yeah. Pollard, Trent Bolt, and, you know, uh, Pollard and Trent Bolt play anywhere. It doesn't matter what game it is. They, they will play. And... Uh, you can't drop players like Hardik Pandya, Krunal Pandya, no, Rohit no, Shama, definitely Ishan not. Surya Kumar Yadav. For me, if I, if I include Piyush Chawla and Rahul Chahar, I think I'd keep that uh, Nathan Coulton-Isle out. Yeah. Or, you know, he, I think he might get an opportunity. But if you want to play those two wrist spinners, I think you'd leave him out. And then if they want to go with three overseas players, they can. It's still an incredible yep. 11. You just, definitely. I think you've got to pick the team that's best for the conditions on the day. And if it's you know, going to turn square in Chennai, get another spinner in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so brilliant. Um, thank you, Nash, for your time. Um, thank you also to Shreyas Gopal and the Rajasthan Royals for, for the opportunity to interview him. Um, and also thank you to our great listeners. Um, you can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at, at CrickBlogPod uh, to you know, stay in touch with us during the week um, and also follow our personal accounts myself at crick underscore blog and for Nash is at Nash V Sant on Twitter. Um, Nash, and, any and final just, words from you? Just a quick one. Yes. Yep. Also um, for our special features in the episodes, if you have any um, special ideas or, you know, things you like to um, feature like, for us to feature please let us know in in the yeah. comments and then we'll definitely uh think about it in the future episodes absolutely yeah if there's something you want to see us or hear uh hear us talk about yeah feel free to um 
yeah, let us know, suggest your ideas. We'd be really happy to consider them. So um, also be sure to check out uh, clips of the podcast as well on Crick Blog TV. So we're going to have all the um, the IPL team. Um, so the team previews for the IPL 2021 that's coming up. Um, and it's some very interesting stuff. We agree on some things. We disagree on other things. But it's um, really interesting. And we look forward to the IPL. Um, and good luck to whoever you support. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.